Hello, and welcome to Serene Reflections, a podcast of Dharma Talks from the Wallawa Buddhist Temple. I am Rev. Clarissa Beattie, a Zen monk and Buddhist priest from the mountains of Northeast Oregon, where we practice contemplative meditation, the Chan of Bodhidharma, the Zen of Dogen, the Serene Reflection Meditation of Rev. Master G.U. Kennett. You are invited to let yourself grow naturally still, to let go of the world for a while. Join us in listening in sound, in listening in stillness, turning within to listen from the heart that seeks the way. Here on the temple grounds, the spring is melting. In fits and starts, the frozen earth of our hillside softens into wet sponge. The rain wears away hard-set snowbanks. New flakes fall heavy only to evaporate in windy squalls. Wispy mists waft across dazzling peaks above. Clouds form and dissolve, now obscuring, now revealing, rooted, timeless great majesty, glacier carved of granite and basalt. Through centuries of Zen teachings, clouds stand for self. Clouds represent those who do the practice, the trainee who drifts here and there in the search for enlightenment, who has seen the self for what it is, transient. A wandering cloud is the one who longs and works for liberation from the world of suffering, Clouds can gather and obscure, and clouds can lift. This early spring weather puts me in mind of my own training, our training, over time. Like my troubles, the mountain of my karma, melting in the warmth of love, the offering of training, practice, the willingness to sit still. Our wholehearted willingness to try to let go of selfishness, to try to let go of where we cling, which can be so hard, which can be so helpful. Like the awesome strength of that which is, the mountain of Buddha nature, 
that sits and waits for those who attempt the climb. Why train? What is my motivation for practice, training, turning within, responding to the call? Why not just live and not look any deeper? Why not just enjoy life with its ups and downs and not think about it? Not take time to sit? Not bother to reflect on what's good to do or how to do it? And then, if I do go deeper, why not just cogitate a bit from time to time, wax philosophical a while, and then just get back to the business of living? Why take up a spiritual practice? Why this practice of serene reflection meditation in particular? Meditating and trying to keep the precepts does keep the koan of everyday life before me in a way which, frankly, is not always comfortable. Why not do something else or something easier? Well, that's an option. It's all optional. There's no best religion, not even a best way to practice this particular tradition. In our time, there are so many options that the question really is what's best for me. What will help this being? The only way to find out for myself is to give it a go, wholeheartedly and voluntarily, consistently, and for some time. Sometimes a feeling of obligation can creep into practice as if there were some dire consequence if I don't do this spiritual work within, as if there were some debt to be paid by making myself meditate or measure myself or attend services or such. It's natural for this feeling to arise for some of us. For myself and for others I've met, I notice that at the root of this ossified sense of duty is fear. Fear of that which is bigger than I am. That which I can't comprehend. That which endures where I am finite. The arising of this feeling a sense of awe, actually, can come and go. The arising of dutifulness need not be a problem. 
It's important not to grab onto it as it arises and passes. If I clutch it to me, this slight sense of panic of having to do my practice, this fear can come to cut deeper and deeper into my real work of training until I'm turning to train out of fear alone and not out of love. And that can eventually drive anyone out the door or around the bend. There is no expectation that I should practice Buddhism or Zen. Just, it's offered. It's possible. As Reverend Mado says, when I do the practice myself, it's so fresh and so rooted at the same time, and I can discover for myself what shifts happen within me when I'm living in accord with something. In one sutra, the Buddha is asked by the Kalamas, the people of a town, which practice is the best of all the many spiritual practices available. The Buddha advises them to follow the tradition that resonates for them based on their own experience and wise discernment. When you yourselves know that such things are good to do, he tells them, enter on and abide in them. He's pointing out their own Buddha nature, suggesting they stop looking only outside themselves, that they trust in their own pure intention. The Kalamas, who indeed are sincerely asking, hear this teaching, and they exclaim that it's as if someone has turned right side up what was upside down, or uncovered what was hidden, or pointed the way to the lost, or carried a lamp in the darkness. Without hesitation, they take refuge in the Buddha's wise teaching for life, then and there, based on their own experience and wise discernment. What if the self that identifies as broken has nothing the matter with it? What if there's nothing to fix, only things to let go, like greeds, hatreds, delusions, pride, and inadequacy? Where does it go, whatever we release? What if it doesn't matter where it goes? What if it just goes on away home or dissolves into everything else? What is left when everything else drops away?
Why are you drawn to do this practice? Maybe you don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you've tried it for yourself and it works for you. Maybe you're just starting to try it and so far it continues to seem good to do. Maybe the reason you think you sit down to meditate is not the only reason you're sitting. Maybe the reason you keep sitting is something deeper. Why follow the precepts? Why cease from harm, do only good, do good for others? Because something says we must? Or because I think we should? Or because when you heard the heart of the precepts expressed, something inside leapt up and volunteered to try? Somehow, for some of us, love and the way we love gets bundled up with fear. Fear of loss, fear of being seen and judged lacking. Love gets bundled with expectations, hopes, desires, conditions, jealousies, blames, self-loathing. Disappointments, heartbreaks, mixed motives. How might it be possible to love without all these encumbrances on the love itself and its offering? Consider for a moment how might it be possible to simply love Love, by itself, without entanglement, without reservations. Love free of fear. Love with no subject or object. Love free of fear of being judged and found lacking. When it's I myself who do the judging and then resent being judged in an endless spiral. Maybe it's the longing for a simpler love that draws us to look deeper, to respond to the call within. The shape of a Soto Zen altar is significant. It's called a Sumeru altar, after the mountain, Sumeru, the pivot point of the universe in Buddhist cosmology. It's the symbolic mountain one ascends in the spiritual journey within the heart. Mount Sumeru means the center of everything, the pinnacle of existence, 
the heights of great love. The temple of the heart soars into infinity. A Sumeru altar in a Zen temple is shaped at the base like a mountain, ascending in three steps to a central peak. Then it's as if an inverted mountain is placed on top of it, so that the top of the altar is as wide as the base. This symbolism is one reason why Zen temples are often found in the foothills of mountains. This climbing of the mountain is a metaphor for the hard work of training. This climbing of the mountain is also a reference to the feeling of uplift that can arise when we go toward the purity of heart at the center of spiritual work. Spiritual work is the refining of our love. Anyone can do this work. Anyone can climb this mountain who climbs it willingly. When I have been climbing on a good trail for some time and the going gets tough, it may occur to me to ask whether to keep going. I may wonder whether this is really the path for me or whether I'm up to it. At such times, Rather than trying to evaluate my ability or my progress or the value of the path itself, it seems to help most to be honest and clear about my motivation for training. Just to really ask myself again, why train? What is my intention? What is my true wish? Which is what put me on the path to begin with. Clouds can gather. Clouds can obscure. And clouds can lift. As if Someone has turned right side up what was upside down, or uncovered what was hidden, or pointed the way to the lost, or carried a lamp in the darkness. At the heart of this practice burns the eternal flame of great love. Not judgment, not duty not fear, just love. When we offer unencumbered love to all beings, in time, this practice distills our individual way of loving by departicularizing it so that our love becomes universal love, unconditional love, 
without subject, without object, flowing unimpeded everywhere, melting us all, freeing us all, endless, beginningless. Where does this exalted pure love originate? Deep in the high mountains. Deep in every true heart. The heart that is true to its own pure nature, its ultimate potential for unjudging, undying adoration, into which to enter and abide. When we dwell in the temple of our own true heart, we live in accord with boundless love, pure love that cannot judge. When we experience this love of the eternal and for the eternal as a calling it calls all the days of a lifetime. It brings us into being and calls us home. We are of it and we return to it as we cease to be as if distinct from it. Reaching for it, it reaches for us and we engulf each other. We meet as one like one galaxy swallows another. And then we cannot help but bring it with us out of the mountains, into the valleys and fields, the plains and the oceans, following the fathomless way wherever we may roam. What makes this possible? Letting go of fear, letting go of judgment, patiently, willingly climbing the mountain out of love, looking clearly and asking the question, these are among the ways that open us to pure love. The reason for practice is the heart that leaps up. My reason for training is the writing of what has been upside down. The melting away of self, the parting of the mists, the appearing of the mountain to ascend. Why do the work? Why practice? Why train? For love, with love, and out of love.
Thank you for joining us in listening to Serene Reflections from the Heart that Seeks the Way. To learn more about this practice, including more about how to meditate, you are invited to visit our website at walawabuddhisttemple.org. Here, in the Kanzayan Shrine of our Meditation Hall, we offer the merit of our practice of serene reflection meditation to all beings, including you, wherever you may be.